0: Thankful that the Lord is here, and we appreciate him so much. Um, I'm going to read one verse of scripture and let you get seated, and then I, I won't be very long today as we just bring a thought uh, for us to, on All Nations Sunday, but in Acts chapter 10 in verse 15, one, one portion of scripture right here, the Lord was speaking to the Apostle peter and he said the voice spake unto him again the second time what god hath cleansed that call not thou common praise god and i I want to talk to you for a few moments on this uh, about a power to be witnesses you know you got that power you got the holy ghost then you got that power and It's going to take a vision. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, thank you for being the God of all nations. And thank you for your presence in this house today. Lord, we ask that you would touch us and help us. God, as we, Lord, leave this place today, that we'll be witnesses. God, of your goodness and mercy and the things that we need. Lord, help us today. Help us, Lord, to reach this world at any cost. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout for your seated this morning. Could you lift your voice one more time to him? Has he been good? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. And we just thank God for what he's doing. This church has always been a missions-minded church. We've given to, to missions over the years. And even when we were a much smaller congregation, it was just... Something that we believe believed in, and I believe in. I love uh, our missionaries, and the flags that we have up here are either representative of places that uh, some of us have been. Some are actually the countries that our young people went on missions trips to, and some even labored there for a time. And we have some young ladies yet that are, are getting plans together to uh, go back in, to go back in, or to go into for the first time into the missions field. We've had uh, several from here doing that, aiming and uh, meaning their associates in missions. They they leave their home, leave their family, leave their regular church and go to a place where nobody knows them, and they find a place to fit in and work for the kingdom. And they say, wow, this is like a good vacation. It's not a vacation. Right. But it's because they're witnesses. They're witnesses, and they realize that, uh, every person is a potential candidate for the gift of God. You realize that? Anybody you meet today, this is what this story that we read in Acts chapter 10. Uh, the Holy Ghost had been poured out. The church was uh, in its early stages, and but it was only to the Jews and the Gentiles, as you and me, had not yet had this opportunity, but it was coming. And it would come through the man that was given the keys to the kingdom. Peter had been given the keys by the Lord uh, to the kingdom of God. And now he had preached a message in Jerusalem to devout men of all nations. And he had preached to uh, these Jews. And and 3,000 that first day uh, gladly received the word and were baptized. And so the church is off to a running start. But now uh, in chapter 10 we find Peter getting a vision. He's uh but his vision is gonna be a little secondary to the first vision. The first vision comes to a man who's not even a Jew. Cornelius was a centurion and he uh he was a gentile and he uh he was in Caesarea and uh you know uh he was gonna send for Peter who in Joppa. You ever read that story and think, well Peter just got up and the next day he was there? Joppa's about thirty-two miles from Caesarea, and so that's not just an easy trip on foot. But Besides that, the angel of the Lord shows up to Cornelius and tells him, I need you. He said, One thing, what you're doing is good. There are people in this world today that may not be like you and I, but they are searching for God. And Cornelius would, was a devout man, and it said he prayed always. And it was about the time of the evening prayer, so around 3 in the evening, he's, he's praying, and an angel shows up in his room and says, look, your prayers have come up as a memorial before God, and, and God's going to bless you. He's heard you, so you need to send for Simon Peter, and he's going to come and tell you words and tell you what you ought to do. You know, God will send angels to deliver a, a message, but he's going to use people to preach the gospel why couldn't the angel just told him in, about jesus listen he's got messengers and he's got witnesses and we are his witnesses angels have not uh, experienced the salvation of the lord they didn't have to have their sins washed away and be filled with the holy ghost they don't know about salvation they're, they're not the redeemed but let the redeemed of the lord say so huh come on somebody You ought to be happy to tell somebody about what God did for you. You ought to be happy to tell somebody, hey, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And and you might see somebody, they may not look anything like you. But everyone you meet is a potential candidate for the goodness and the mercy of God and for the gift of God. And and so Peter, uh, while... uh, Cornelius is getting this vision. He obeys right away. He sends guys out the door says, go to Simon the Tanner's house and look for Peter and uh, bring him back. And he's supposed to tell us what to do. Well, Peter, about lunchtime where he's at, he's getting a vision himself. And God shows him in a vision, letting down these, this sheet. And it's got all manner of beast in it and things that are unclean according to the jews dietary restrictions and he's and it tells him says peter arise slay and eat And he's not so lord for nothing uncleans ever entered these lips i'm not going to uh, start now does it three times and he says not so i don't I have anything unclean and the lord told him he said whatever i have cleaned you don't call it common and so peter does not yet understand this message but then there comes a knock at the door and it's these guys from uh, Cornelius's house. And, and here, I, I believe the Lord's already working on Peter because he lets these guys in the house and lets them spend the night. And Jews and Gentiles didn't hang out together at this time. But let me tell you, when God gives you a vision... I'm sure as soon as he saw these people that he began to understand, Lord, I think you're trying to do something. I don't know what, but they tell him, said you need to come with us because God has sent for you to come and tell us what to do so that we can be saved, how we need to act. And so the next day they find themselves at Cornelius' house and and Peter tells him, said, you know, it's unlawful for a man that is a Jew to even uh, keep company or come into somebody of another nation, but God showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Peter, you're a witness. Peter, you're a witness. I filled you with the Holy Ghost. I put a word in your mouth. You're a witness. Hey, can I tell you something? JT, you're a witness. God's filled you with the Holy Ghost and put a word in your mouth. Can I tell you today that God is raising up people to be witnesses, that God is going to put you in contact with people that I won't ever see or your brother or sister might never see, but you're going to see them. God's trying to give us a vision today. There was two visions in this chapter and it changed their lives and it changed the path of the gospel because this was the opening of the door to the Gentiles and now all of us were going to be able to be made partakers of this wonderful, wonderful, glorious gift. But we've got to get a vision. We've got to catch a vision of what God wants us to see. See, uh, Peter, at one point, all he could see, just like many of the Jews at that time, they had a little narrow view of what God was doing. Well, salvation was to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And they were stuck in a stage. Well, it's us, it's us, it's us. They even got upset with Peter because they heard, hey, uh, wh- what do you mean hanging out with these these Gentiles? What do you mean going here with these people? And he said, listen, how can I go against what God's telling me? And he said, while I was preaching Jesus, you know, he went, when he preached to the Jews on the day of Pentecost, he referenced the prophets and David and people that the Jews knew. But He didn't mention any of them when he's preaching to these Gentiles. They don't know anything about David and the prophets. So he just preached to them Jesus. And said while he was preaching Jesus, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And they began to speak with other tongues. And he said, it happened to them just like it did to us. He said, and who am I that I could withstand God? He said, and who can forbid water that these should not be baptized the same as us? And He He didn't ask them, but he commanded them. He told them, he said, when you're a witness, you got to tell it all. Sometimes we witness and say, oh, God's good. I'm being a witness that God's good. But are you telling them what they ought to do? God has given you something that saved your life. Sometimes we need to tell people, hey, this is what you ought to do. Oh, well, they're good people, and I don't want to offend them. I don't want to offend them either, but I don't want to see good people lost. And I don't want to see good people without the truth. And when Peter saw that God had poured the Holy Ghost out on them after he preached Jesus, he said, I'm commanding you to be baptized in his name. And they got up in his house and his family and all that were there that they were baptized in the name of Jesus. You know, it's time that we start telling people, look, you want to be saved and go to heaven? Let me help you with that. You need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. was that? Is that what I ought to do? Yeah, that's what you ought to do. Because the man with the keys, that's what he told people who never heard of him. He didn't say, well, you know, baptism's a neat little custom that we have. And if y'all would like, we'll get you a nice certificate and we'll plan a day and we can have it done. He said, right now, since you've received the Spirit, this ain't nothing to play around with. I don't care if if your family's not here. you, You need to be baptized in the name of the Lord now. I was talking with my wife about this yesterday. I said, baptism has turned into too much of a ceremony. I understand. Uh, hey, I want to be there with my kids. I want family here with my kids. I want, but let me tell you something. If God moves on you to get in that water, it, don't it ain't about nobody else because it ain't affecting nobody else. It's affecting you. And when it's time, you need to go to that water and be baptized. If you have to, if you have to get baptized in your church clothes and drive home wet, then so be it. But don't put it off. If God moves on you at three o'clock in the morning, pastor, I need to be baptized and you call me and I'll come to your house and me and my wife will dunk you in the bathtub or we'll meet you here and dunk you in this tank. But whatever it takes, let's do it. That little excerpt on baptism didn't cost you nothing extra. I felt myself getting getting off the message. But that's the witness that Peter brought. It's what happened to me. And he said, just because these people are not like me. And there was a time in my life when I would not associate with these people. God is changing things right here. God is letting me know that he loves all people. And he loves all nations. And he, he died for the sins of the whole world. And the whole world needs this gospel. If it wasn't for them, it wouldn't have done nothing for them. But they received the Holy Ghost just like we did. And guess what? There's people today that can receive the Holy Ghost just like you did and just like I did. Your mama can get it just like you did. Your daddy, your brother, your sister, your cousin, aunt, your classmate, your teacher, your boss, your mayor, your councilman. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, anybody is a candidate for the Holy Ghost. But they need some witnesses out there. Somebody needs to let their light shine. You just take a walk on that campus that they labor on and the whole world's there. You see them from every country, from every nation, and they're right there. And they need to see that, hey, there's a Holy Ghost. That there's a truth. That there's a a God that loves them and wants to touch them. Somebody that believes in them. He loves them. We've got to let this world know. And we've got to let our family know. Anybody you meet, if you get a vision, that God wants to save them too. It's easy to look at the news and see people doing things that you don't agree with and think, God, I'll just wipe them out. But what if God saved them? I wonder how many people pray and say, Lord, just take Paul out. But instead, he saved him. Lord, just do away with that man that that drugged my family to jail. Just do away. But God saved him. Oh, you might be like, just get rid of him. How about, hey, God, just save him. You see them people that's on the news and they're saying stuff and it's aggravating you. And You're like, whoo, I wish somebody'd run over them." Oh no! You know what you all say, Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost, cause the Holy Ghost to lead them in all truth. <laughs> let me tell you, we need to start praying for people and being a witness to people and let God do it. I remember seeing years ago a little matter of fact, I used to uh, kind of uh, used to have this actually. On a T-shirt that I owned, and I had a big flag banner hung up in my room, and it was—I never was in the military, but this was a, a military-like flag shirt thing. And it had a skeleton head on the top of it, and and it said Kill them all," and let God sort them out. And you know, we used to be—we just nutty teenagers. We thought it was pretty cool to wear and and stuff like that. And uh, but I saw a sign on a church the other day that said, "Just." Just love them all. I'll separate them later. Just be a witness to them. I'll separate them later. There's going to come a time when he splits them off to the left and right. That ain't for you and me. You know what my job is? You know what your job is? That's to be a witness. That's to be a light. That's to love somebody. Love your enemy. Love them that ain't like you. Love them from another country. Love them that can't understand English. Whatever you have to do, but love them. Be a witness because everybody is a potential candidate. Anybody can have this. And Peter learned it. And it cost him a little bit. It cost him some aggravation and some headache when the people come against him for doing it. can't believe he was hanging out with them Gentiles. Got the Holy Ghost just like you and me, bro. What you want me to do? Not baptize them. Not talk to them. It's the same Holy Ghost. I heard them speaking in other tongues. I heard them. It's the same as you got. And then they said, well, glory to God. Because God has granted repentance even unto the Gentiles. They were there at the original grafting in. This is where we're grafted in. And now uh, the church is widening and spreading. And Paul and Peter, they're preaching to people all over the world. All other countries. all I don't know who they had to interpret and what when they got to some of these other countries. How it worked, I can't imagine in those early days how they knew the languages or how, who they found to speak or preach what. Maybe the Holy Ghost just spoke through them they could understand it, I don't know. But what I'm trying to get you to see through this story and I think why God included it in the Acts of the Apostles is, is for this reason. So that the church would understand that you don't get to call any man common or unclean. That's not, that's not labels you get to put on them. Every single one of them, no matter what they've done, no matter who they are, no matter where they're from, they're a candidate for my love and for my mercy and for my gift. And they can experience the new birth exactly like you did. Don't ever think just because we've, we've got this great uh, salvation that we're better, we're blessed. We're fortunate that God shined on us. But we were, except for this happening in our life, we're just like them. And I'm glad today that God has given us a vision. God gave Peter a vision. You may never see a four-cornered sheet let down with a bunch of animals in it. And you may not even see a vision like that. The scripture talks about vision in a lot of places. And I'm not talking about natural eyesight vision. I'm talking about having a mental sight of things that are happening, being able to see the big picture. Vision is, is, I believe faith gives us vision. Because vision is mental sight. And the Bible says without a vision, people perish. You know what that word perish means? It It means go back. If we don't get a vision of what God loves, we're going to start falling back and not be all that the church is meant to be. You know, you want to tell you what, what Jesus loves more than us having a good service? He loves souls being saved. I'm all for a good church. I'm all for happening in a live church. I'm for shouting and sweating and, and praising God. And I believe it's, but you know what God likes to see? He, I know, he loves to see his people praise him and worship him. But you know what gets heaven rejoicing? It never said anywhere that heaven rejoices with me when I dance. Now maybe they are if if they are it's not in the the book but you know what I read that gets heaven going that gets angels dancing when one lost soul he was having a big party in heaven on, on Acts chapter 10 when all them people started getting the Holy Ghost angels hollering at other angels all the way across eternity hey get over here quick look down here can you see this Gabriel, get over here. You ain't going to believe what God is doing now. Look at this. And there's all these Gentiles speaking in other tongues and glorifying God. And these angels start rejoicing. Look at what God, look at what, they they watched God create. It don't say nothing about them rejoicing. They watched God, uh, you know, form Adam. Don't say nothing about rejoicing. What gets them going is when they see somebody snatched out of the clutches of sin. When they see somebody born, you, they say, you know what? they on their way to heaven. We're going to get to hang out with them one day. One day we're going to see them standing up here in white robes with palms in their hands. One day we're going to stand back and be quiet while they sing a song that we can't sing. I can't wait to hear them sing. Let me tell you, if it gets the angels of heaven excited, it ought to get you and me excited that we can be a witness to the glory of God. it's not our building program that gets heaven excited it's us winning souls and telling somebody about the blood of Jesus that gets heaven excited it's about people being baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost let me tell you honey you and I we are witnesses and if you can get a vision if you can get a vision of it happening let me tell you before we ever started, uh, the, before we ever had the first service uh, here in Winterville, Georgia, we were talking about it. We knew we were coming, but we hadn't even started yet. And I told these guys back then, this was before there was a campus ministry. I don't even know if it was Apostolic's on UGA. If it was, I didn't know any of them. But I told them, I said, one day we're going to have a service in that stadium. Yes. I got, you, you sure about that? I got a vision it 's in my mind it 's in my heart it's, it's it's it happened in years ago in eighteen hundred eighteen o one there was a revival that started on u g a campus and people were getting the Holy ghost they didn 't know what it was, and God was pouring out his spirit but they didn 't have any idea what it was, but now there's a church now there's a group now there's young people that know that God is real and that Jesus Christ is his name, and that they can be baptized in His name and filled with the spirit. Let me tell you there's a revival coming. There's a revival coming to Athens. So, Athens is locked up with a stronghold. Let me tell you, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you, the enemy... (laughs) Ain't nobody can bind up Athens, Georgia and keep Jesus out. He can't keep the church out. So when you go downtown, you see all them weird-looking people. You see all them funky-looking people. Just realize, that's somebody that could have the Holy Ghost. That's somebody that could be baptized in his name. That could be my brother or sister. That could be the next choir member. That could be the next evangelist. He could be that missionary. And you and I have the power to be witnesses. I got a vision of revival. I got a vision of souls being saved. You don't limit your vision to a certain person, to a certain kind of person, but revival is for everybody. I want to see the big picture. For God so loved the world, and it's more than my little old world. It's the whole world. He's got the whole world in his hand. Woo! God told us to go. We're commanded to go. Oh, yeah, I don't think I can be a missionary. In John 15 and 16, the Lord said, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And that doesn't mean that you got to pack up and leave everybody and go to another country. It might. But that ain't how it always happens. You can go in prayer. You can go in fastings. You can go with giving. You can go in, in support and fellowship. You can go in a lot of different ways. But when we don't go, that's disobedience to the word of God. Because God chose us and ordained us to go. Not going is being silent. Not going is failing to reach out beyond ourselves to someone you know is lost. There's conversations that I don't want to have with God. People talk about the conversation. Oh, well, I can't wait to ask him this and ask him that and talk with him about this. But there are some conversations that I hope I never have with him. That he starts by saying... How come you didn't talk to that one? How come you worked beside them? How come you uh, ate in their restaurant? And How, how come uh, you never spoke to them? How come you never told your brother or your sister or your husband or your wife or your child? Or your, how come I'm just wondering that after I saved you and washed you and filled you, I just want to know why you didn't feel the need to share it. I don't want to ever have that conversation with him. I, believe, I don't believe it end, ends well. I don't want to have that conversation with the Lord. I want to go. When we, when, if we don't give uh, of our time, of our resources, of what we can do, that's, that's the same as not going. In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's us. Go and teach all nations. Now, he was already talking to Jewish people. And maybe they got a little uncomfortable thinking, I think he misspoke because he don't want us to really go to the Gentiles. Is that right? But he had already mentioned to them, he said, I've got other sheep and flock that you don't even know about yet. And if they would remember back, they would remember those words. And Mark recorded it as, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter who they are, where they are, what they are, they are all potential candidates. And I know that some of us will never, ever, some of us may never leave the state of Georgia again. That's all right. We, we, that may be it. But if that's all you do, Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost part of the earth. Now, guess what? I'm not going to go to Jerusalem and preach. I have preached in Israel, but I'm not going to Jerusalem and preach. I'm not going to Judea or Samaria. That's not where I'm going. But maybe that could say, and you shall be witnesses to me both in Athens, and Oglethorpe, and Winterville, and Hull, and Watkinsville, in Georgia. You live in Georgia? This is where your home is. This is where your family is. This is where your work is. This is where your labor is. This is where you work. This is where you make a difference. You know, if you've got a call and a burden and a vision for another country, and I know we got some that do, that's it. Some of us don't. But Georgia is where we live. Georgia is not just on my mind. It's on his mind. Come on. He wants to see this world saved. Guess what? You and I are witnesses. A fi- A fire. A fire got to start somewhere you know when a a forest fire starts or a wildfire there's always a point of origin why not Athens why not when the Holy Ghost fire marshal shows up and says I can tell you where this fire started how did Georgia catch on fire I did a little investigating I can tell you the point of origin and it was the Holy Ghost was the chemical Holy Ghost was the spirit that got it going and there was a bunch of people there was a bunch of people stirring up the Holy Ghost And it got out of control. It got out of their control and it got in God's control. And other people, it caught on and it caught on and it caught on. I want to see this kind of revival all over the world, but I live in Georgia. And there's plenty of the world right here in Georgia. We are witnesses, saith the Lord. And so I have power. And ye shall be witnesses. And when we get a God-given vision of a harvest, man, it'll move you. It'll make you do things. It'll make you talk to people. It'll get you out of your comfort zone. I know I got to wrap up. I know it's coming, coming to a close. But I want you to know today that, that on all nations, it's for all nations. But I know enough now, just spending a little time downtown, that there's practically every nation here Even in our little town, they're everywhere. People that don't speak my language. People that don't look like me. Well, you know what? I don't know of any uh, Asian apostolic churches in Athens. Who's going to reach them? I don't know of any uh, Hispanic works right here in Athens. Who's going to reach them? Somebody's got to get a burden for them. Somebody's got to be a witness. Somebody, We can't say, well, they'll, you know, God will send, he'll send another Asian in here. Will he? I don't know. Peter didn't look like Cornelius. Well, he'll send another Roman to, to reach Cornelius. No, he didn't. He sent a Jew. He sent Peter. He sent him into his house, put him out of his comfort zone, put him in a place he had never been. And just because you're uncomfortable don't mean the gospel's ineffective. The gospel don't work according to your comfort level. God will put you somewhere because he says, My word won't return void. And you might stutter and spit and, and, and backtrack all over the place trying to get it out, but God's word will work. I don't know what I'll do, I don't know what I'll say. Have you read your Bible? Do you know any scripture? Do you know who saved you? Can you tell them about him? One man, he was an Ethiopian eunuch and he was going across the desert. And he may have been Jewish. He may have been of uh, some of that uh, family. But when the, Philip called him, he said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I understand except somebody tell me? Except somebody teach me. There's people like that all over Athens, Georgia. That they're reading about him, but they don't know him. They read looking in the book, but they're not seeing how to be saved. Athens needs somebody to tell them what they ought to do. UGA's needing somebody to tell them what they ought to do. Oglethorpe High School's needing them to tell somebody what they ought to do. Come on, somebody. How can I? What a, what a sad place to be in. How can I? If Philip had not caught that man, he'd have rode on his way, would have missed out on being baptized because you know what happened after he talked to him about Jesus, they run up on a water hole. Hey, there's water. I bet it was muddy. I bet camels been drinking out of it. I bet buffalo been standing in it. People washing their feet in it. It's in the middle of the desert. People been bathing in it. You know how people are when they get in water? I don't care. Hey, here's water. What stops me from being baptized? Because it ain't how clear the water is. It's the name you're going down in. I could, get, I could get on back to Egypt and could jump in the, in the pool. They got good water there. It ain't about that. It's about I know who he is now and I know what I got to do. And so Philip took him down. He said, if you believe you can, and he baptized him in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Philip was a witness. You're a witness. I'm a witness. Peter was a witness. Honey, come to the music. i got to stop. I'm about to start rambling. Let me tell you. When Jesus stood in the, the temple to read, they handed him the book and he, he, he began to read and he, he read from what we call Isaiah 61. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal broken-hearted, preach deliverance to captives, recovering of sight the blind, set at liberty to them that are bruised, preached acceptable the year of the Lord. The anointing was there on him. You know why Peter was able to do what he could do? Because Peter was living out. I told you this the other day. I, I preached from that scripture and I said, I, I know that this was concerning the Lord prophetically, but I believe it applies to us prophetically as well because we are the body of Christ. And I believe that once the Holy Ghost comes upon us that we become witnesses and an anointing comes on us that we can... Because see, that was the vision of the world that the Lord had. These are the people I'm going to reach. Notice he didn't say that he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the rich. He sent me to to hang out with the well-adjusted, to preach comfort to those who are well-off and to just pat them on the back that have their sight to get all the ones that everybody wants he said I'm going to the ones that nobody wants I'm going to the ones that are in need of me the broken hearted the captives the blind and the bruised our vision you, you hear me our vision cannot be any less than reaching for the same list of hurting people that Jesus was reaching for we're going to be reaching for the same people that Jesus was envisioning And so that's what the harvest field looked like to him. He said, they that are whole, when he was eating with sinners, and they came in and, what are you doing eating with these sinners? And he said, they that are whole don't need the physician, but those that are sick. And I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call the sinner to repentance. I come to those that are are not like me, that are lost, those that are not doing so good because everybody is a candidate for my love. Everybody is a candidate for my mercy. Let's stand together. Let me tell you, the life of an apostolic witness is not a life of ease and leisure. A burden for the lost will cost you some sleepless nights, it will require that you miss some meals. It demands you to be humble. It may come with fear fear that you will fail. At this one eternally important task. The fear that you've not done enough. Or the fear that you pushed a little too hard. Additionally. The temptation to give up. Will be very strong. Yet we cannot give up on the person. That God has called us to reach. Hoping to find someone. Who will be less work. Oh you don't want me to reach them. Let me just work with people. that Like me that. No you go to the one that God gave you a vision of. We must keep our commitment to his call and testify of his delivering power. When Paul was summing up his life's commitment, he wrote this to the Corinthian church. I've determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was the way Paul saw it. Let me tell you, there's a world all around us. People all around us every day. Brother Moody, a preacher, a revivalist in the 1800s, preached in a service one day and had all these men and preachers there. And they wanted to know what is it that drives you? What is it that makes you so effective and how are you doing these things you're doing he he walked him over to the window where he was at he said I want you to look out the window and tell me what you see and well you see businesses and buildings and cars and trucks and he asked another one he said what do you see and so trying to be a little smarter so I'll see people men and women and children and uh, you know uh, going about today and we just see activity and people busy and ask them again and they were just saying the same things over and over and they said finally one of them said well, well brother move what do you see and he looked out the window and he said I see thousands of lost souls I see people without Jesus that don't know this Savior I see people who don't have what I have I see people in need of the gospel somebody needs a witness somebody needs a light I, I see a need what do we see when we look out we see traffic and congestion and trouble and strife or do we see souls souls of men headed toward eternity I want to have a vision of the harvest field I want to have the same vision that Jesus had a little different today as we pray I'm going to pray over us as we come into this altar and I'm going to pray for each one of us to receive a vision of the harvest field. Because I'm going to tell you something. You come in contact with people I'll never see. You come in con- each one of us have a circle of people. Some of us that will never see, but you will. And I want us to have a burden for the souls that are lost and hurting and are broken. And I want us to get a desire to see them put back together again. So as you come to this altar, would you come standing this morning and come with a desire for God to change something in you. Come open and ready to receive. If you've got the Holy Ghost, go ahead and begin to pray and let it talk. That's your power. That's unleashing the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, he's already saved you. He's ready to save somebody else. He might just do that through you. You might be the one to tell them what they ought to do. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give Restoration Apostolic Church a vision. Give every man, woman, and child in this room a vision of the harvest field, of their harvest field, on the particular road that they're on. Give them a vision of the lost in their school, on their job, on their campus, at the store they shop at, at the restaurant they eat in. But Lord, let a vision of the hurt, of the brokenhearted, of the blind come to them. Give them boldness in the spirit to speak words that you would tell them. Give them boldness to let the Holy Ghost out so they can tell somebody what they ought to do to be saved. Lord, we're not gonna hide anymore. Oh no, we're not the church on the wrong side of the track. We're not the church that's on the back side of town. Lord, but we are the light of the living God. Give your church a vision. Oh, not just for the backslider, but for those that don't know you at all. Oh, come on, church, lift your hands, lift your voice, and lift your heart. Make me a witness, God. Make me a witness, God.
1: building right now. God, we're crying out to you. Praise
0: God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel like saying something that felt led to tell one of our young people, but I I feel like this would benefit each of us as we get ready to head out because we go to different places and, and then we live our lives. We have different workplaces, different schools, but there's a story in the scripture about the man sowing seed and it says he falls on several different types of ground, but only one type of ground brings forth the fruit it's the only thing where it grows and I think that along with learning that ground has to be prepared and there's certain ground that the seed finds good growth there's another lesson to learn just from the sower is that he wasn't aiming for the good ground he's just sowing and I think too many times We're trying to aim at a certain piece of ground. You know what? Just let it fly and let God do the work. He just called us to sow. And some of it's going to produce and some of it's not. But each one was affected at some point by it. Not up to me to just pick out, oh, that's that's some good ground let me throw it right there because to the sower I'm sure as he was letting it go he knew ooh some fell there it's probably not going to work but he didn't care he's just sowing because that's the easiest way to get anything just let it go it's for everybody you know what we're all made from the ground so just start sowing to any type of ground where whatever country it's from whatever it looks like whatever it believes whatever language it speaks just You don't worry about it, you just sow, God will do the rest. Some plant and some water, God gives the increase. And so I think we stress ourselves out and frustrate ourselves because we're 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 so worried about the result. Well, I want to see people saved, but that's up to them whether they're saved or not. I'm not just preaching. Uh, why I, you want to see results when you preach but that's not like okay let's see if I can preach this and I'll make everybody do this and make everybody do that I'm just preaching God's word will do the rest of it and so just so when you get to school so when you get to work so restaurant today just sew. you get one of them waiters and waitresses that you're like Woo, I can't even believe they let them handle food give them a church card Invite them to church because they need the Lord too. Just like I need it, just like you need it. Aren't you glad? If I'm going to be a witness to anything, I'm a witness to the glory of God in my life. I got a testimony. I'm thankful for it. Let's lift our hands together one more time. Ask God to make us witnesses. Lord, make me a witness. Come on, tell him. Let it roll across your lips. God, make me a witness. Make me a witness, Lord. Use me for your glory. Let me be a vessel acceptable in your sight. Use me today. Oh, there's lost and dying people all around. I walk past them every day, God. Help me. Give me a vision. Show me who to talk to. Show me, Lord. Show me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise and a shout this morning. What a great God. Thank you for being in service today. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. We're so excited again for Sister Emma receiving the Holy Ghost. And we'll be looking forward, to the Lord willing, to her being baptized next Sunday. Again, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I cannot make you understand how des- desperately, how important that is. You need that. You got to to do it so you got to do it preacher you got to do it and if you don't understand why I will show you in the scripture why I will show you why Uh, uh, it's not me just rambling It's, it's Bible it's what the scripture says praise God I love you today God bless you have a wonderful day witness to somebody invite somebody to church just think if all of us brought one person to church next week wouldn't that be awesome let's work toward that goal God bless you today. Be blessed. Buy all those treats on that table back there. Buy them all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.